Hello and welcome to the Video Gamer UK podcast. Uh, my name is Matt Lees and I'm joined by Christopher Bratt. Hello there. Simon Miller. Welcome. And David Scammell. Hello, my lovely he internet doesn't friends. doesn't know the difference between The Little Mermaid and Aladdin. The Little Ner- Mermaid is banned The Little Nerma Mermaid. The Little Nerma Mermaid is banned in China, I believe. How could you what? possibly Why? ban... Why? Because it, I can't remember now. Oh, I think I've heard it's China, China or Korea or Is this because it's like it, she's disrespecting the word of her father? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I've heard yeah, that before. Banned, yeah. It's like she's not doing what her father tells her to, so it's damaging to kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's not, on this it's note, not the fact that she's half fish, then. I'm going to no. jump this straight back to something to do with video games. And last nice. night's Pants Man live stream with me and Brat, I... Uh, during became the little mermaid I didn't but what I did was I managed Damaged to kids. transition I managed to I didn't do that <laughs> probably joked about it um, but yeah. no I imagined, managed to transition from La Cucaracha to Under the Sea no that wasn't it good was that wasn't good he says it wasn't good it wasn't I think it was amazing we've got video proof either way you should definitely watch the video on I'll Twitch it. because it's, it, last, last night's one was very fun because I was playing a really scary bit of Demon's <laughs> Souls and yeah. I, I properly was losing my shit he was just laughing at me the whole time and being like oh come on they're just it's silly get it. and I was scared okay no I, um, I appreciate that those Cthulhu like uh, creatures were <laughs> I really I also taught Chris how to say the word Cthulhu yeah. Yeah. Cthulhu. Cthulhu. it's not a word that you Sir say in conversation Thulu. often you didn't call it Sir Thulu. no I said Cthulhu that's bad. I, well, how often do you say the word Cthulhu? Well, I'm not the right person to ask You have to, to look it up in a book, I reckon, Chris. <laughs> yeah. The proper yeah. pronunciation. Yeah, this all happened. I've had this Yeah, already. we had Thank this a lot you. as well. And I made some friends and I murdered them. It was a really good stream. If you don't Sounds watch good. it, um, it's worth watching, even if you're not a big fan of that stuff, because mainly I just sing songs and... Uh, you do seamless Chris, transitions. And just Chris takes the mic out of me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Gold. anyway, let's jump ahead. What have you boys been playing this week? Hmm. Who's starting? Shall I start? Go for it. I don't mean to. I kind of. I just claim that starting yeah. position. Just do well, it. I don't like dead air. I thought it was going to be dead air. I got scared. I had to jump in <laughs> there and get rid of that dead air. Uh, I have been playing. This is going to be interesting to discuss because um, I've been playing Beyond Two Souls. Oh, right. Yeah, Sony's exclusive cool. David Cage game. Mm-hmm. And now, obviously, if you read the review on videogamer.com done by Stephen W. Burns, who is not here today, he Stevie, gave it four, B. Stevie B. Stevie B. He gave it four out of ten, which obviously created some uh, interesting debate. It's one you, of the lowest scores out there, right? Not really, so. there's some fives as well, so it's not. There's, there's a three. couple of fours, there's a three. So it, it, it scored all over the place. I've mm. seen fours till tens. Yeah, it's really, it's one of the most divisive ones. This is Deadly Premonition. Now, the thing is, I mean, somebody made a comment on the review and they said, oh, I'm getting so confused with reviews because some people, uh, obviously, some reviews a game that gives it a good score and mm-hmm. Steve reviews other games give it a bad score. But that's just reviews. Like, you have to take each one with yeah. a pinch of salt and we can't all review the same game because all we would do is review games. There would be no time for anything else. Um, so it may surprise you. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's. I was a big, big Heavy Rain fan. I thought Heavy Rain. I know people think it had its problems, and some people don't like it. But personally, I thought it was. I love. I genuinely. I was one of. The, I was in the fan camp. Um, so you know, I, I liked elements of Fahrenheit as well. So I'm certainly not against David Cage. Loved Fahrenheit, but Beyond is his worst game. It just yeah. is. It's just. It's. Um, I, I. I am enjoying it on some level, but I don't like the way it jumps all around. And not because it. You know, oh, people go, but Pulp Fiction did it. Well, yeah, but it's not Pulp Fiction. I don't understand why that's a, why that's a comparison. It doesn't work. It just it makes the story feel all broken up, as of course it's going to. You never really get a sense of you're progressing anywhere, because you're not progressing anywhere, because you already see things that have already happened, and then you go back, and you're like, well, that's not progression. That's like me looking into a diary almost. Is it? I mean, I'm interested in this, because, I mean, is it like that it jumps around almost randomly, or does it do that thing of... Because actually, my, one of my favourite authors if not my favourite, is Margaret Atwood. And mm-hmm. she has this sort of style in her books where she starts off with a character 
in the in the kind of almost in the future of being like here's where somebody's at and you're like what the hell's going on and then it kind of jumps right back to like 50 years ago or whatever and then gradually it jumps between telling you about what's happening right now and then gradually working the way through the history until you reach the point and usually in the books it's like you reach the point of working out what went wrong what happened yeah. like where, how did this turn to this does it do that or is it just a bit think, more like Whoa. I think it tries to do that but it just feels really messy mm. it just feels like he, he, he sat down and thought here's I, mean, I don't know how many chapters there are in the game so this is made up number here's 30 things I would like to tell yeah. and I'm just going to insert them into I mean because that's the biggest problem with it is that I for as stupid as it is and it is stupid let's not well it's not stupid but it is somewhat ridiculous I don't mind the whole oh pick up a cup flick the right stick I don't mind it I find it quite I don't have a problem with that stuff either I find it quite nice when it's done right and there's there's one scene where um, you're homeless and it's very that's when it gets it right and David Cage remember yeah you know, I, the, that's, that's oh, one of the, the highlights and there's it. choices and there's you know there's a real consequence to what you're doing but that's the only scene where you feel like that's the case the rest all just feels like Again, I don't even have a problem if it was just like an interactive movie. I wouldn't have a problem with that if I like the story. You know what? That, that I've heard a few complaints against that kind of style of game as well. But you know what? The Walking Dead is yeah. the same camp there, and that was one of the best games. Well, this yeah. is the, this is the thing, and I got a bit of, recently. I got a bit of stick on Twitter the other week because I basically said, "Oh, it looks like crap," and everyone's like, "You haven't played it." I'm like, "Yeah," but the thing about the David Cage games is I've not really played any of them, right? But I know how they work. I've been Somebody's explained to me, and I've seen them played, and I've, I've seen bits of it, and I understand the process of how you play the game. Mm. And I understand that it's mainly a narrative experience. And you know what? Like, I am totally not against that. I love games like that. The Walking Dead is, I think, yeah, they're my favorite games, games now. I mean, they really However, are. there's something about, and I don't know what it is, there's something about the direction or the, the delivery of the, the way the characters interact in those games. That just, just watching bits of it for minutes, I know I'm not going to be able to get over that. Like, it feels weirdly jilted and stunted it's like this really uncanny valley stuff i think more so in beyond that is i mean the biggest problem i have with beyond is the reason i loved heavy rain so much is a i like detective stories who doesn't i think most people like a good detective story but also it really really progressed when you were jumping around the characters there was so much sort of foreshadowing and foreboding so you thought oh well that's just happened so how does that affect Jaden? Yeah. And, you and you're like where is this all going to end and there was a constant carrot being held in front of you like I've got to know yeah, I mean, yeah. where this goes I mean Heavy Rain's still on my list to play for that reason just oh, I, love, I mean it has problems don't get me wrong oh, no, yeah. I, I'm happy I was genuinely I loved it so much I was happy to go you know what don't need to well, worry well there's about more stuff problems. going on there that's the thing with, with Heavy Rain it's like I know that I don't think the delivery's good I, I really think David Cage is a bad writer or a bad director I don't know which I, I don't know I'm enough about it yeah. it's just it, it's the way the characters interact just doesn't feel human to me mm. I, I just i can't relate to it as a human mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, but then like with heavy rain you got the other stuff the fact that if your characters die the story continues so you're going to get a different story oh, it's fantastic. depending really on is. who what, what you do yeah. and that is like that's awesome and i'll play the game for that reason but yeah. with beyond it's more linear right oh, it's, it's so, i mean it is linear it, it's not obviously it jumps around but it is at the same time and yeah. that's the problem i never thought what's going to happen i mean in case you, you really don't know obviously you play um i've forgotten a stupid Jody name Jodie holmes psychic lady what, what's her name in real life Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Ellen Page, thank you. Um, you play Ellen Page, who's playing Jodie Holmes, who has a spiritual ghost called Aiden. And, the, you know, the basic thing is how her life is living with this. And every now and then you control Jodie. It's like a sitcom. And, yeah. And every now <laughs> oh, and then Aiden. you control oh, Aiden. Aiden. But it's just, it never, it never, I never felt like, well, what's going to happen to her and Aiden? Or what's going to happen? Because it's a spiritual world, obviously. What's going to happen? Or what's going to happen to Willem Dafoe? By the way, who is just Willem Dafoe? That's the only problem with casting <laughs> Willem Dafoe. You can only see Willem Dafoe. It's like Jeff like, Goldberger. Goldberger. It's just, it's just like, no, Goldblum. 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 Yeah. Goldblum. It's just some people you see, and it's like, I can't 
take this as any other you are just you know Willem Dafoe because you, you were an interesting looking man at the best of times so if you cast Christopher Walken I'm only seeing Christopher Walken but that's the problem it's just the entire time I'm playing it I'm thinking where are we building to what, what's, the, yeah. what's the end game here what's the story why am I playing this it's almost like I'm reading somebody's diary yeah. which is today I did this that's and, the thing, and you know what like it's funny because I think I found the reaction to all this stuff very interesting because it seemed like a lot of the time like I'll be very flippant about loads of games and I'll go this looks like shit and everyone goes yeah it does but for some reason with Beyond it really touched a nerve and a lot of people went get and play and it's like, I think there are a lot of uh, David Cage apologists aren't there really? I think They're there are fans. and the thing is interesting because it's like I think a lot of people felt like I was attacking the, the premise of the game of having a narrative based thing where you have a very limited interaction it's like no I love that stuff like uh, To the Moon I think is one of yeah. the best games I've played in recent years and that's barely a game it has this tiny bit where you do like matching up tiles every now and then and it's like so easy and you don't have to be good at it mm. but it's almost like they just sort of put it in because they thought if we don't put this in to the moon there's going to be no game <laughs> but it's literally just going to be a story but I, would, I love it you know? I would like more gaming beyond because the thing with Heavy Rain is slight spoiler here but not really so I won't give you the context of it there's a bit in Heavy Rain there's lots of bits in Heavy Rain but the one that stands out for me massively is when you're you're basically in what I would call an obstacle course a very violent dangerous obstacle course and you have to make your way through that and the reason you have to do it is very poignant and very there's a lot of pressure on you so you're feeling like oh man you know i've got to get this done beyond doesn't really do that ever like beyond is much more in the camp of you know follow these people through their story while you watch it and i wouldn't really mind that but again but there's not much story there yeah it's like these scenes almost exist independently to one another and there is something i mean i do enjoy it on some level like when the scene is really good e.g homeless scene and i'm interacting in that way and you know i is there not any game in the sense that because obviously you can possess certain other like NPCs, but it just feels really like that. When I saw at E3, they made out that you'd have these options, and it depended on who you chose. No, no, to, no, to no, no take definitely the, not. They oh, sort well, of said there was I, a sense of I almost think, like a hitman type thing where you can approach different scenarios yeah, in different think, ways depending on who you possess. It, it doesn't. You've got to figure no. out which which one to kill first, pretty much. Yeah, right. your, your no. choice is which one you but, choose yeah, first, the, not the, how it. The demo I played was the the part in Somalia, right? Yeah. And that that just felt very scripted. I, I, that seems to be one of the early combat situations, and it was very very obvious what the game wanted me to do, and I was just kind of mm. pressing buttons to go along with it. Because I mean, I, and I don't hate it as much as Steve hated it, and I, I will play it through to its conclusion. And, and I still enjoy the way David Cage approaches the game, but this is his weakest effort because it just feels too too. Uh, holding you too too handhelding you know too handhelding that's not hand a term holding. but I'm going to pattern that now um, yeah and it just feels like, I like want you're, a... you're being strapped into a roller coaster but you're aware of it and that would be fine yeah. if the story was better well this the is the thing and actually good. I found one of the hardest series the hardest games I've ever had to review was the Walking Dead series and it was difficult to review because I was reviewing it every month which is like you're reviewing each episode and you have to kind of be like how does it fit in the context of the big mm. thing but also yeah. I didn't have very big word counts and generally like you know when you're trying to review something like that um, and you don't have the luxury of a video to go alongside it or anything like that we all have now how do you explain these things mm. and how do you try and explain why it's good and with Walking Dead it's weird it's like you sort of say right it's this game where you're strapped into a roller coaster right and none of the decisions you make really have any impact on the game yeah. and there's very little input but it's the best thing you'll play yeah. and people go what? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, like, yeah, the, the whole thing is that it makes you feel like those decisions make, are the most feel, important yeah. thing yeah, that's it. they're not in the grand context of not it, at but, all, but when you're playing it it feels it's an illusion it's a beautiful illusion mm. and what annoys me and I do I, you know, I do have a kind of a bit of a, a grudge against uh, I don't have a grudge against David Cage but I dislike the idea that David Cage, Cage is a visionary because every interview I've ever read with him the way he talks about the future of games I, he's basically he's obsessed with games becoming like films mm. and I already think that there are games that are showing that that's just not the way 
it's going to be. And games can borrow from films, but it's a much more interesting medium. And I think the way his future for it does him a disservice. And also, I really dislike the fact that he's always talking about how like your know, games have this like untapped narrative potential, and games are so basic, and we have such. And talks about his vision for the way games should deal with narrative, right? And yet every time he does it, he kind of fails to do it properly. Where there are other games, he's t- he still talks about it as if it's something that's not happening, mm. and it is. And I don't know if it's just ignorance or or like purposefully blinkering himself, but he still talks about what he's trying to achieve in narrative and games I see as if mean. it's something that people aren't already doing. I still think he has the potential. I think I do think Beyond is a misstep. Like I really do, but yeah, I still got, think he saying, has the potential to do it based off heavy no, rain. Absolutely. And I'm and, not saying he can't do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. But the, the first half of Fahrenheit. This, this is the problem is that Fahrenheit is the perfect summary up for these two the following games. Incredible. Because the first half of Fahrenheit is brilliant and very heavy rain-esque. The latter half of Fahrenheit is very beyond... <laughs> So he's almost like this. Yeah. It's almost like he, he he's gone to the past. Goes well. This time I'm going to take this half. And he has now take take the other half. But I just I think when he grounds himself in reality, and don't get me wrong, Heavy Rain still you know toys with reality a bit. But when he grounds himself in reality, he's much better at telling story than when he goes into these supernatural, spooky worlds because it just it falls apart and becomes just, a little bit silly. As a creative, he just strikes me as being somebody who's far too blinkered and far too obsessed with his own work in the fact that I think that so many advances have been made in terms of narrative, in terms of how games can deal with narrative in the past couple of years and it feels like with Beyond he's just completely carried on doing what he thinks he wants to do he doesn't seem like somebody who's really looking enough at other people's work mm, and learning maybe. from it. But a lot of people like Beyond. And they don't I know, yeah, sure. I don't say that, but my know. point was just being like, you know, don't get me wrong, if you, if you are enjoying it in the same way you've enjoyed his past games, and I think that's fine. Just, I, mean, I was excited about Beyond. That's the thing. It wasn't yeah, the game enough. I thought it was going to be. And I think whatever he does next needs to be... If he, if he did another Beyond, I'd feel a little bit... I just hope he takes some of the because I think the problem is is because so much of it is personally leveled at him and I mean you know I, I've I personally yeah, kind of tucked my finger at him as a creative because I think he's not maybe got his heart in the right place always but I think he does need to take some of the criticisms about his game seriously I think maybe he gets to people he just shrugs it off as oh people think I'm a dick when actually it's like there are fair criticisms mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, yeah. there are a few developers that it, it reminds me of the situation uh, that Molyneux often finds himself in it, yeah. a lot of the complaints these are against, the people that put themselves yeah, exactly. out and it's th- always going to happen th- that's, goes, the, oh, that's the reason you, you, yeah. but, but actually they thrive know. on that as well I mean that's a big part of their marketing push really isn't it it's like David Cage's next vision for a game well, only it's a interesting ha- to see there's only a handful of video game guys that are actually sort of are well known for lack of a better term and because they put themselves out there therefore their games will get publicly <laughs> and I should say also it is difficult when these games have these figures to really know because often if you get into the habit of thinking that these games are completely controlled by one person it's a really dangerous habit because often they're not it's massive teams of people and yeah, of course. Not, it's not one singular person to blame however it's it's always interesting to know what's really going on behind the scenes because I genuinely get the impression that Molyneux's sense of power at Lionhead was probably too much as it should have been for one person. And I wonder if it's the same with Cage. It might not be. It might be that Cage's team at Quantic, like, it might be that all of the stuff that's a bit crap is the fault of some other creative guy who's always like, Steve. no, we have to do it like this. I don't know. But, you know, it's not interesting. But it's, it's easy to blame an individual for a game yeah. that's five, made by 500 people. Exactly. Or whatever, you know? But I still play it through to the end. I still, I still like it on some level. It's just not the game I hoped it would well, I just, be. Like, so. I see how you, I'm interested to see how you get on because, I mean, I know, I've not played it, but I know the synopsis and I've heard that what happens at the end is just I've seen some bits of the end and, yeah, it just seems, just seems madness. But, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll finish this game and, uh, yeah, I think I probably... I'm pro- I think I'm somewhere in the middle of the review scores if, you know, in terms of you know, people absolutely love it, people absolutely hate it. I'm somewhere, I, think it's, I think it's okay it's disappointing from what I hoped it would be. No, but never mind, fair. I'll move on. There were plenty more games in the scene. Exactly, yeah. my man.
I, I imagine we're, we're going to move on to where uh, we talked about Telltale in comparison to. Um, oh, yeah, Beyond of course. We Obviously, well. The Wolf Among Us has come out this week. You're the only one that's played it. I've, I'm okay. about to play it. I was hoping to last night, but I missed it. All right. But I just wanted to say before you, you uh, jump in, like, the, <laughs> the most interesting thing about that game is, like, I didn't really know much about Fables, which is the comic series it's based on. And I just kept glancing over to your, your PC whilst you were playing it. And it would be like this big burly man with some beautiful woman. And then there was, it seemed like you were kind of, um, you going through the story and it, it looks, it just looked like a kind of a little bit, I was like, how does this fit into a big fantasy world? Because sure. they're normal human characters when you first see them. And then I kept glancing back and forth. I finally looked over and there was a pig smoking a cigarette. I was like, what? How did we get there? What just happened in this game? Yeah. I mean, basically it's, um, I, I won't talk about it too much because I don't want to give too much away. Um, but it's based on the Fables series of comics, as you say. And it's the idea is that it's all these fairy tale characters lived in fairy tale land and they all had to leave quickly for some reason. And now they all live in New York, but they have to basically keep casting these spells called glamours, which is uh, to basically make yourself look like humans. So it's fairy tale characters living in New York, but, trying to live out lives, but they live for like hundreds of years. So they're still like almost immortal. Um, but yeah, the fact that they are like, they do look like characters, like sometimes if they haven't cast a spell and one of the characters is a pig. And your main character that, is called Bigby. Yeah, and that, that pig is from the yeah. Big Bad Wolf and you're, you are the Big Bad Wolf. You're the right? Big Bad Wolf. It's those the... fairy tale characters, the very... Right. But it's like, it's kind of a weird mashup because you're the Big Bad Wolf, which means, uh, this is the only bit I'll spoil really because I'll explain why in a minute, but there's, um, there's a pig who's living in your flat and the reason the pig is living in your flat is because you blew his house down. Yeah. <laughs> you huffed and puffed and you blew his it house does down. sound amazing. Yeah. And so, so now he's like, he hasn't got anywhere to live and you kind of like, he's, but he really kind of like, he's, he's a real dick about it because he's like, he wants, he, he wants some of your whiskey and he's like, well, you know, a sip of that drink sure would help me with all this emotional turmoil when you blew my house down. And it's clear that they've been like, He's been like living off this for about a hundred yeah, years. He's been, like, being like, oh, he's well, you did blow my house down. His name and Colin eat my as well. He's called Colin. Colin the pig. Brilliant. But um, yeah, it's really nice because it's like a weird mashup in the fact that you're the big bad wolf from that story, but then there's also the, you're the big bad wolf from the Red Riding Hood story as well. So it's like, oh, okay. uh, it's so it's, there's crossover, and it's just an interesting idea because the idea is that they've all had these past lives, but they've moved on and they've been in New York for a long time. And it's just weird because it's got this thing of like, you know, the big bad wolf used to be the bad guy, but now he's kind of the good guy. And some of the characters who are heroes in the comics have since kind of fallen from grace after like living off the fame and being bought drinks. They've now like grown bitter and dark because they've stopped being loved and they've turned into like nastier characters. But what I'll say about this is it's interesting because I reviewed it for the site. If you want to read my review, it's a nice short, sharp thing. And there's a video without any spoilers so you can have a look at it and have a look at it because the art style in this game is bloody lovely. Yeah, it's it's the same kind of visual style as Walking Dead, but the colour is incredible. And also it's just sharper. Like the the Walking Dead was a really fuzzy game. This game is like stylish as fuck. Uh, It's just so cool. Um... But it's got a different pacing. It's slower. It's more like film noir. I'll explain. Yeah, read a review if you want to know. But basically, uh, what I'll say is, it's I'd be careful reading too many reviews because I think a lot of the people who reviewed it alongside me, like my peers and stuff, were all big fans of the comics, and they just proceeded to kind of go, "Oh, it's great seeing this character doing this. It's great seeing this." And it's like a bit too much. It tells you way too much. I mean, I've never, I've never heard of the comics, and admittedly, I think because of that, it took me longer to get into the Wolf Among Us um, because of that, because there's a lot of exposition and meeting the characters. But what kept me going was the surprise and mm. the fact that it kept introducing these weird new characters. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. no way, it's that guy from that comic or that yeah, guy from no, that yeah. fairy tale. That's thing. what I'm looking forward to and not knowing fables uh, either. I just, the, the presentation of the characters that we know so well, like Little Red Riding Hood, 
I, I can't wait to see yeah. like their vision of each one. I love dark fairy tale stuff. I think it's dark fairy it's tale. Such a fun way to tell a story. And it's basically it's a it's a noir detective story mm. set in <laughs> a, like a weird fairy tale New York. It's really cool. I definitely check it out. But as I say, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I haven't read the comics. Should I read the comics first? I just say no. I reckon lots of people yeah, read the comics will go. Game, of yeah. course, you should read the comics. You need to read the comics yeah. because they're amazing. And it's like yeah, but I recommend going in blind because it's actually. It's so refreshing. It's like to play a game like that, especially when so many games are just like, here's the dragons and orcs, or here's the guns yeah, and yeah. army tanks. To so just be thrust into a world that's so weird and different that you don't know anything about. Yeah. Super cool. How are they handling um, the player choice kind of stuff? Because obviously Walking Dead, those decisions often meant life or death for certain characters. Well, I think that's going to be interesting, actually, because I didn't really mention this in the review because obviously I wasn't sure about it and I don't want to get bitten again. Um, but it seems like the decisions you make in the first episode don't seem as major most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if partially that's because it is aware that a lot of people won't know the characters. Yeah, so it doesn't, want you to make, a bit, yeah. it doesn't want you to make important decisions about it. Just yet. Before you know, okay. before you have a feeling about it. So yeah. for the first half of it, my decisions were a bit like, oh, I don't really care about this that much. Whatever. Um, but then towards the end, it got its kind of fangs into me and I was a bit more like invested. Yeah. But it seems what it does is quite clever in the fact that because you're like doing a detective thing, there's a bit where you need to go and talk to this guy, but then also you've got a tip off of like somebody's in trouble over here and you've got to choose where you're going to go. And you end up going to both places, but there's like an issue of time. Right. So I, th- I get the impression that there's this one bit where I went to go and I went to go somewhere and then I went to the other place instead. And when I got there, like something had happened when I finally got there, something had already happened and you know, it was too late to do anything about it. But I got the impression that if I'd gone there earlier, mm. it could have panned out really differently. And one of the interesting things it says when you boot up the game and you start playing the game is it says, you know, this is The Wolf Among Us, the decisions you make and the way you talk to characters in the game will affect the way the story plays out. Yeah. And I don't know if I don't think it's I can't remember if it said that in The Walking Dead. I think it did say that in The Walking Dead, didn't it? But I wonder if maybe they're actually doing it a bit more properly this time. I don't know because in The Walking Dead, spoiler, the decisions you make don't really actually impact anything. But that doesn't matter because it's how you feel about it that matters. Yeah. Uh, but in this, I get the impression that it might actually because well, it felt like there was a lot of side stuff I did that I didn't have to do, and I wonder how that will affect things. I don't know. They have maybe. been working on The Wolf Among Us for quite a long time. I know it was. That put push back because of The Walking Dead um, and how yeah. crazy that went. So I wonder, I wonder, just because with The Walking Dead, everyone would have liked to see them just take it that step further. But in terms of the amount of time that would have taken in development to create stories that go in different directions properly. Well, I mean, there's some interesting bits. Like there's one bit where there's a guy who's clearly not telling you the truth about something. And you have the opportunity basically what i did then was i spent a long time looking around the flat looking for clues and it took me about like five minutes of like putting the pieces together until i had all the clues and basically said look man you're lying because of this 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 Mm. and it took a while but the whole time there was an option to just threaten him and i don't know what that would have done but i get the impression that if i wanted to i could have done that yeah because it seems like the idea is you're the big bad wolf and it's kind of like you're never really a good guy. It's not like good cop, bad cop. Yeah. But I always get the impression that you can be a fair cop if you want. Mm. But if you want, you can just like beat people Kick up. Kick some ass. That's, that's and it's cool that you're a wolf because there's actually, there's an awesome bit within the first episode. That was the point at which I finally kind of kicked in and thought, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Where you kind of get some trouble for some guys and you're in a bad bad way and you're getting beaten up a bit. And then you actually, like towards the end of the episode, you actually, you know, he trans, he, he shows you what he looks like when he turns into a bit of a yeah. wolf. And it's like, <laughs> he suddenly turns incredibly badass. And it's that classic video game thing of like, you don't have to have the power all the time, but just knowing your character has that brimming power just beneath the surface just makes you feel 
a little bit cool, a little bit dangerous. Weird. Yeah. That's weird. You, you never felt powerful in The Walking Dead. It's no. going to be interesting to see how that It's how very that different. Tonally, it's very different. And I'd say the only complaint about it and why I didn't give it a nine, I think I gave it an eight in the review, is because it's good and I like it and the cliffhanger is brill. And by the cliffhanger, it had done its job as a pilot in that I'm like, I'm playing the rest of it. Yeah, I've got to play the rest of it. But unlike The Walking Dead, which was just immediate, it felt like to me, like it's a nice setup for the rest of the thing, but there's no assurance that it's going to like, I think it will. My my gut is telling me this series is going to be really, really good. Mm. But at the moment, it's like, you know, it's like trying to review a TV series after you've seen the pilot. You're yeah, like, well, the pilot's really amazing. I mean, everyone remembers it... Lost, right? Yeah. <laughs> I never the watched Lost. The pilot was amazing. And then after that, it was just shit for about four years. Yeah. Um, but hey. Is it six, five episodes again? Five episodes. Man, they're sticking to that, aren't they? Still no rigid. It's clever. Dates I think it's a smart smart way of doing it. But mm. you should try it. It's only like $5 to play it. Pl- I mean, after the, the travesty that was Jurassic Park, which will never <laughs> be forgotten, I would advise everyone to play Jurassic Park. You'd like to see how far Telltale has come. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, but The Walking Dead has won me. I play anything they do now. Yeah. Although I mean, in Jurassic Park me again, we're fine. They've learned from their mistakes here. They've, they've done some simple things like you can invert the controller up and down because I used to play on a pad on 360. You yeah. can so, uh, oh, hold down yeah. the right trigger to make your character run slightly faster so if you want to get around more quickly. Uh, some yeah, things like small that. things, isn't it? Small yeah. things like that make a big difference. And also, like it seems like, I mean, one of the things I kept putting in every bloody review in the hope that someone at Telltale read it is like, just stop putting the puzzles. Because in The Walking stop Dead... What? Stop putting the puzzles in. Oh, right. Because in The Walking Dead, every episode had a puzzle and it oh. felt like a cursory throwback to point and clicks of being like, we've got to have a puzzle. Am I the mm. only one that struggled in the first I episode in all of turning them. the TVs off or something? Or turning the TVs on in the store opposite yeah. in the streets? I, I struggled. Whenever it wanted me to do a puzzle, I got oh, I stuck. I like that puzzle. I, that <laughs> just me, I, I'm that guy. No, I probably, like that puzzle. You probably got it straight away. I didn't. I was... played a lot of point and click games. Yeah, well, <laughs> but you know the bit with the train where you had to detach the train? And there were all the different tools and stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, it took me for like I half enjoyed an that hour. Too. Oh, Sorry, I, don't know. I like the puzzles. I just, I love <laughs> yeah, the pacing, but, but it broke up the pacing way too much. It, it's it, not the stuff you talk about with The Walking Dead, is it? No one, no one starts there raving about The Walk of Dead with, oh, those puzzles were so fun. No, you don't. You talk about the decisions <laughs> and the stories. But yeah, they got rid of the puzzles and they have got a oh, basic man. adventure system stuff. Okay. It's much different. It's, it's much more like, um, I mean, this is the thing is, I don't know how it's going to pan out because it felt more like considered, more cinematic. There yeah. was more of it was just showing you some cool pans and how cool conversations and stuff. It felt yeah. a lot more like <laughs> driven, so a lot less of, like controlled. Yeah. So a lot of little uh, cutscenes of the big bad wolf, or what, what, however his nickname is in, in that smoking. He just he's making smoking. him look cool whilst he was smoking. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's just right. smoking cigarettes. <laughs> smoking uh, is not cool, kids. It's not. Don't smoke unless you're in a noir comic, and then it's you're in a, if you're listening to this in a noir comic, you can smoke. Otherwise, no smoking. <laughs> if you are a 1930s noir character, yeah. <laughs> puff, puff away. Otherwise, don't do it. Or Humphrey Bogart. He's a smoke. terrible habit. That's fine. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. You should check that out. And uh, the other thing I've been playing this week, uh, we've all been playing a bit of Hearthstone Half again. Stone. Um, we, we actually, I, play, I played some Hearthstone last night. Did you really? Did it, yeah. Good you, don't, you don't strike me as a Hearthstone player at all. Well, so. you'd be wrong, because I am now. Yeah, ultimate Hearthstone. <laughs> it took me a long time to understand what the hell was going well, on. The thing is, you, the, uh, you asked me, because you, I think you were watching the England game at the time, and you asked me like, can I get away with just playing this whilst keeping an eye on But there on was the no way I was not going to watch the football. Yeah. But as I was doing about 100 <laughs> things at once. And you can, and you can learn just from the text, but the, uh, the dialogue in that tutorial is actually really, really good. I, I hate it. I hate it. But I, oh, I don't know. I'm a massive 
Wow fan. Uh, I was I'm a massive. Well, fan I'm a fan. massive Warcraft fan, but I really disliked the way because I love Warcraft three, and I was one of those stupid pricks who took the story quite seriously. I was like, "It's a good, great story." Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love this it. great story. Oh, it's a tale of. It is. Uh, it's a no. It honestly, it the story for Warcraft three at the time was just for the best a strategy thing. game. It's the best thing. So good. I could not believe the twists and turns it took. It was. It was. Wow. Anyway, um, but then I really hated the fact that World of Warcraft gradually kind of got more like Basically. flippant and stupid and be mm. like, ah, fuck it, who gives a shit about everything? Pandas. Yeah. And yeah, precisely. Yeah, that, that, was, that was my out. I mean, first of all, much. it was like all the gnomes because there wasn't really many gnomes in Warcraft there wasn't, 3. I think they were just kind of they just occasionally popped up with some invention. Yeah, it was like, like gnome. Like it was one of the units was like a gnome, like jet thing, a helicopter, gyrocopter, and then. Yeah, I, I think, Warcraft. It was I think like, it happened because off, because they made them. They made some of these like kind of smaller races or something that you could play. They yeah. felt the need to, you know, get a real history for them and make the characters important. And some of them don't fit in. I agree. Well, see, I just it, find the gnomes fucking irritating, and I, I hated the fact that when I started doing are the this, gnomes in Hearthstone. Yeah, well, I the guy the does the intro. Yeah. is like, ah, man, man, the stone. Oh, I did so. I was watching. I had. Put a I'd... bunch of fucking cards on the table. <laughs> when that was happening, I had football commentary on my Well, ears, I wish so. I didn't. I don't even like football. <laughs> but yeah, I hate that. And then it was also a bit when, enjoying one of the tutorials, it was like, oh, it's my Panda and Master. It's like, no, yeah. fucking hell. Like, the day that they decided to make pandas, pandas anything but a bonus level. They made yeah. them like cannon. And it was like, fuck off. Like, cause... I thought everyone loved pandas. No, no, they don't. Like, they oh, don't. Right. Well, scratch that from the fuck record. Fuck those pandas, man. <laughs> pandas <laughs> don't even like pandas. I was so certain they weren't going to go down that route as fast as possible. It's just a horrible case of World of Warcraft becoming more about the franchise than the lore. Mm. Right? Because before, Warcraft was a cool story, had some cool stuff. And the same way that Starcraft kind of is quite, but it's kind of got a bit... I still like Starcraft story and all that stuff. But... They kind of just because it was a franchise thing, they stopped thinking what is best for the story and the law. Well, they started thinking, thinking, how can we get more girls and stuff to play World of Warcraft? Yeah. Mm. They bloody love pandas. Let's let them play pandas. I hear that. I hear that's true. And it's just become World of Warcraft has increasingly just become cutesy bollocks, and that's fine. Mm. But it's annoying because it, it does have a direct impact on all Warcraft lore. Oh, d- and it's turned so something that was awesome is into too shit. Oh no, too it's, oh, it's, still it's only good. the tutorial. Like after that, there's no storyline stuff. It's all you you drop that. Um, the the way I the thing I like most about Hearthstone the the real thing that drew me in was that I'm really familiar with how the classes work and how all their abilities work and it's reflected in the cards so well and yet as far as we can tell seems to have you know they've maintained balance there how the hell you even start to do that you make flavor stuff like cards that um, yeah that pull in all the cool abilities that you remember from WoW and make it a card game that do- isn't broken I I I just don't know how you even begin that, I'm enjoying that it, but I'm wondering at the moment how much of that is down to the slickness. Because I've been playing a lot of card games recently. There's been Card Hunter, there's been Scrolls, there's oh, yeah. been Hearthstone. I like it. It's undeniably like a Blizzard game. It is slick as fuck. Mm. Like Even when you get like your new decks of cards, and new yeah. packs to unlock, the way you lift out the pack and put it into like a little stone like space yeah. and it opens up with magic, it's just like, it's beautiful. It's like, oh. It... it the only card game I play is Uno, and that's because most of them get their dick out, and I just laugh at them. What? What? You're t- you're talking like, about uh, Xbox Live Uno. Yeah, oh, right. Really I thought you went to some weird like nightclub on a Friday <laughs> or something, right? It's Dick Jeez. Uno, ladies and gentlemen. Dick Uno, classic Dick Uno. Oh, of course, yeah, because that's what people used to do on, was it a vision cam? Xbox Live Vision cam. Yeah. You need to open your mind, you know, get the, get the old brain going. With a bit Half of Stone's a... all right, you know, Dave. Is it's it? kind of got its claws in me a little bit. Really? I didn't play it for a great deal of time, because I was watching... 
victorious England. But I'll tell you, it, sound it, like it, my did, thing. it did. It has piqued my interest. Well, you know, you, you're just very dismissive about everything, which is in boring fucking yeah. shite. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. But honestly, one of the things that is really good about Hearthstone, actually, and I really think is the best thing about it, is the pacing is really nice. Mm. I like the way that if you're, it lets you Pretty chain simple as well. It lets you chain moves together. So if it doesn't give you a reward for doing that, but it means if you know you want to cast that, then use that on that and attack with that one. You can just go dum dum dum, and it does it. And it means like it's like playing a card game on a table if you're playing with friends you yeah, can if you're fine. fast enough you can go and go yeah. that 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 that, that you're not always waiting for the game to catch up which yeah it doesn't do that thing of being like wait we're playing an animation you're yeah. like fuck oh, off with your animations yeah. I want to do this let me play my cards um, it's, yeah. it's actually I'm not sure how much you guys have um, ex- experienced this part of it yet but when you unlock all the classes it unlocks a mode called arena mode and that's a really interesting way of playing it because you you don't get to build your deck um, or pick the deck that you've already got it just gives you um it keeps presenting you with options you get to pick out free cards and every time you pick that adds to your a new deck that you've created and so there's like this random element to it but the cards of anything could be really good or really bad could be really suitable for what you need or not and you end up creating this kind of random deck that you haven't got that much control of and see how far you can get with it and the people you're playing have also done that and it kind of gets around the complaint that you know a lot of these free to play card games get it's like well is it you know how how much of an advantage do i get if i just buy the best cards because you can buy decks in hearthstone um but this gives you access to all the cards no matter if you've unlocked them or not and it seems to be where most of the competitive stuff's happening as far as i can tell it's obviously in beta seems interesting i mean i'm not sure how balanced it is and all that stuff i mean i I struggle like to know what i'm doing a lot of time and it seems like i just build a deck and then what the enemy's doing well make up their own rules well, that's it. I'm still mad. in the bat zone. I'm like people doing stuff. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah. That's cheering. Exactly. I don't know what I think about it yet. I like it, but I mean, of course I like it. It's, you know, it's a Blizzard game. There's something about the way those guys make their games yeah. that just makes them immediately nice. And well they get all together. the aesthetics. They tickle yeah. your brain the right way. Whether or not it's actually really good. I, I think it, I, so far, I'm, I really, really like it. It's my favorite card game of the year so far. And I, I, we've, we've played we've played all of them yeah, big words uh, but we'll actually be doing we'll be doing a head to head video of that um, yeah. probably up tomorrow oh, Sam, um, Simon you're going to have to get involved man this is going to well, I haven't got a deck yet that's exactly why <laughs> maybe it should be good I'll think about it <laughs> put it under it but yeah we'll be doing a head to head thing and we might uh, try and we'll work out a way of doing an interesting thing with that um, but yeah um, the other game of course which is a big one um, is Pokemons Pokemon oh, yeah. I don't play Pokemon Pass me by. Um, you know what's my destiny. Whenever I see Pokemon <laughs> XY written down, all I think of is Pokemon sexy. I don't know why. Just because is X and Y. Is think Pokemon are sexy? No. Is this a, a well, The only world with X and Y together in my head is sexy. Apparently the mega evolution of Charizard has a moustache. So Xylophone. Xylophone. That would work. Pokemon Xylophone. Mm. So I'm just going to show you I'm going to show you guys my Pokemans. Just okay. so you can see, right? Are we going to so, describe it? Or? I wasn't yeah, that impressed do. with what I saw earlier, Matt. I'm just saying. Well, this was my Froakie, right? And he was called he was a froaky, but so, now he's oh, a frogadier. So, Hang on, I have to move. And he's called Frock. It's a frock. Frock the frog. It, it looks like is that he's... an official name, or is that no? Some... That's one I wrote. Right, it looks like yeah. he's blowing one of those party poppers things. He's like Brrr. a cool frog ninja. And then we have got Massa Moon, and that's actually just a floating sword. Hang on, what? It's just Masa a sword with a sword. an eye. That's right? not. It's badass. Yeah, no, I don't see how that's alive. Yeah. Is it mm. evolution weird no in the world of Pokemon? Uh, I've got a combi, which is a bee. It's like a little bee. I like that one. What, what's the? It's cute. Is it collects it, honey. 
What's, what makes it Pokemon? Has uh, it got lasers in its eyes? It, it does stuff. It's quite good. And I got a, Chaz- a Charmander, Charmeleon called I, Charizard. I've got a problem with your that Charmeleon. No, no, no. Have a closer look, Simon. What color is a Charmeleon? Red. No. Red. A, a strong red. That Charmeleon is they pink. They change the colors in it. It's not my fault. It's not it's, my fault. You've got yeah, a pink it's Charmeleon. It's not my bloody... What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just unusual. They're all that color now. They've changed it. They've changed it. It's yeah. a new game. It's like Call of Duty, isn't it? I like your pink Charmeleon. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. And this guy's quite cool. He's called Wisma. And he's just fucking weird. Wisma sounds like, like, like a man. like a little mouse. He's like a mouse crossed with a marshmallow. Who's got? Who's <laughs> blind? It's not. That sounds better. Wasn't yeah. there one What's called Mouse Mellow? Probably an older one. Might have been. Digital. Maybe I made that up. <laughs> Maybe I should work for Nintendo. What are the attacks of the Marshmallow ma- Mouse? Uh, <laughs> all over. He does. Luke cute. Um, he does. What does he do? He's got a move called Astonish. <laughs> Astonish. A move just, called Uproar. Starts doing some party tricks. tricks. A move called Howl and a move called Pound. All right, well, I'll just whiz through this because I know it's uh, sad that nobody else here ever seems to like Pokemon. I, like I don't Pokemon. like it. it. It passed me by. It passed me by. Well, when it but it's still, but this no, is the I thing: is it. it's actually kind of like I think you're a Nintendo fan. You Massive, like your Nintendo obsessive. stuff. You've got to try this one, man. It's it, honestly what mm. I'll say is I was skeptical because every time a Pokemon game comes out, everyone's like, "This is the best one so far." And all the time I buy them, I'm always like, "Yeah, it's fucking boring." It's the same again because they've been the same for about 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. But they've actually made some quite big changes this time. Obviously, the fact that they are all 3D, you actually get to see the big 3D battles and see yeah. Pokemon animating around. That does make a difference. It's pretty fucking cool. Also, it just has that wonderful Nintendo sheen. It gets you through all the starting bits quite quickly. So within the first hour, you've, you've got a starting Pokemon, you've beaten the first gym, and then it does a thing of being like, hey, you can have one of the original three as well. So you get to choose one of the, the new three ones, and I went for the frog, because it's the best one. Pikachu. I mean. And then you can get... No, 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 that, you just catch Pikachus. You don't get to choose one to start. Um, Simon, what sort of Nintendo fan I told you, I don't play Pokemon. I don't understand it. I don't know anything about it. You should check it out. Because if you've never played a Pokemon game, you'd love this. Because honestly, the first Pokemon game you play, they get boring after you've played a couple of them. But the first one you play... It's amazing. It's like so good. But I'm I so jealous that you don't know you don't know anything about it because you'll have a, you'll have an amazing time. I wonder, yeah. I wonder though, like the, when you get to pick one of the start the original starting three, that's you'd be excited about that because you, you're familiar with Pokemon. Well, no, of course, I wonder of course. if like oh, no, how much no. of it's fan service. But that's the thing is that no, there isn't that much fan service actually because it, they've tried to make sure it is a bit different. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of simple stuff. I mean, almost as like an overwhelming amount of stuff to do. I mean, when I started playing it, I was really drunk and I didn't have a clue what was going on. Like, I was literally like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. It's great though. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's got stuff like, you can obviously, it tries to cater for a lot of people. So you've got this like Pokemon and me thing where you can like, you can like do Pokemon basically, um, yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> it's basically like kind of uh, like Nintendogs thing. If you want, you can like, what, what is the point of that? Well, actually it does give your, um, your characters like an XP boost in battles. If you like, every now and then you just pop and give them and some also, cakes. Makes your Pokemon happy. You just rub love, them up. The people love that. Honestly, love this that thing stuff, is, lots like, of people love this stuff, and like girls love it. Nintendo. Um, but then I actually, love it. I quite like it. I quite like occasionally popping it and just give it a little stroke, give it a cake, play some little puzzle mini yeah. games to earn more cakes. When I played Nintendo oh, for five minutes, I did, I kind of got it. It was kind of it's kind of cute. It. Yeah. Anyway, it's got that, but then it's also got a battle trainer where you can play. And this is actually the smartest thing about it, right? And this. Sorry, this is going to go over your heads, but for anyone out there who's played Pokemon games, one of the things I don't like about Pokemon games is it has this hidden numbers system behind it, right? It looks like it's simple, furry, fuzzy, fun for kids, but actually it's for mentally kind of intelligent nutters. It's um, like the, a really complex version of uh, rock, paper... No, no, no. Scissors, no, 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 no. That's simple. Thought, what do you know, Bratters? That's I, said really a, I said a really complex version <laughs> of rock, paper, No, but that's not... But that's simple. Scissors, like, it's it's a complex version of paper, scissor... Rock, paper, rock, paper scissors. scissors. There we are. But yeah, that's what would no. a complex version of that be? 
Well, it's got it's, oh, lots. He's of, driven me off track. Yeah. Go, go. <laughs> all right, Pokemon. Right, you've got like seventeen different types of Pokemon, yes. and they're all like it is like rock, paper, scissors. And the fact that first you've got fire beats grass, grass beats water, water beats fire. Right, in terms of elements. In right. Yeah. But there's like seventeen different elements. You get like metal type, ghost type, psychic type, fighting type. There's like loads dragon type. Anyway, that bit is still super simple. Like that bit. Yeah, it seems complicated, but actually it's just a case of learning them and then actually it's quite easy. Right. And that's something you're going to bloody enjoy when you play it okay. for the first time because I know that's it all know. and it's kind of like, that's easy. Okay. But no, when you level up your Pokemon, there's two types of criteria. There's IV and EV, right? In terms of their numbers that go up. This is a kid's game. This is not, this, this is amazing, right? You'll love this. This is not ever mentioned in any of the games. But the stats that your Pokemon ends up with are based on these two criteria. One of them is fixed, right? One of them is based it's fixed to the Pokemon type. So it's like, it's going to have this much strength, this much attack, this much special attack when it's level 100. However, there's also the EV, and the EV is based on a bunch of things. These stats also are slightly randomized, which means breeding is a factor and people can breed 20 Pokemon to get the best one. But what I've always not liked about it is the EV thing, right, basically means that every time you knock out a Pokemon, that type of Pokemon will give you certain types of EV stats, right? Which means that if you... I didn't know this, and it means if you end up like fighting just certain types of Pokemon a lot, then it means you'll just be boosting one type of stat without knowing. Wow, so it means if you very good. well, no, but it's like a subtle background thing that you never see, mm. and it means your potential of your Pokemon is based on the number of thing, what type of things they fight. Right, and it means that if you really want to make a really strong one, then you need to make sure you're fighting the right type of Pokemon with yeah. that Pokemon. And it's a weird meta game that I've always found a bit like it gets a bit. Just knowing it exists makes me uncomfortable because I'm always trying to do that, and then it becomes a weird grindy like maths game. However, what they've done in this, and I think this is actually again, this is going all over your heads. I apologize, but if you're a Pokemon fan, people will love this. Is that you've got this new system where you can do super training with your Pokemon, where you play these little mini games and you earn little punching bags for Pokemon that they can batter away at on the bottom screen. It's like a little. It's like a, a background thing you can do, but also mini games you can do. And what it means is you can manually control that EV. So instead of, they'll still get it from like um, killing fighting, enemies and stuff yeah. and fighting in a normal way. But it means if you want to actually kind of like train your Pokemon to like really max out their attack stat or their HP stat, you can do that and you can take control over that in a way that you've never really been able to do. I'm, r- right. I'm right in thinking that you'd only ever need to do that if you were intending to play other players that do that. Yeah, because yeah. Pretty Pokemon's much. never been a difficult game. No, it's not that difficult. So you don't really need to do that. Though. It's kind of cool because, I mean, I've already maxed out the super training on one of my Pokemon. Yeah. It's just cool that he's getting much more powerful more quickly because I've done these mini games with him. I don't know. The whole thing just seems really nice. It seems like there's just a lot of stuff to explore, a lot of stuff to play around with. It just feels like a really generous, fun thing and it's always introducing new things. But they've also, like, they've sharpened stuff up. They've always had this berry system where you could plant berries around the world and but then you have to you remember have to where you... Yeah. You have to remember where you plant them and then fly to that area and then check them. Now they've just got a berry farm where it's like, it's like for Harvest Moon and you can just go and check back on yeah. it every day. It's really nice. It's like, I don't know, every time I play a Pokemon game, it always feels like you're just going through the same motions. It feels like this one is just... They've streamlined things, they've made it better, they've added a lot of content. I think it's really cool. I think it's a really cool game. Awesome. Happy days. Maybe I'll play it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll consider I, it. I think as a, as much, it's like Nintendo as fuck. And I think if you've never played a Pokemon game mm. and you like Nintendo games, you're insane not to play this. I'm insane anyway. You'll love it. All it's right. wicked. Maybe for a podcast I will, I will play it. Yeah, you should. Know. You should. Um, anyway, I think it's time to... Dave, have you got your news cannon all fired up? Big news this week. Big news. <laughs> Everyone's upset. Uh-oh. Watch dogs. What have you done? 
Can Dave read the news? Can he be on news at Temmie Maisie? Watch dogs delayed. People are upset. News at 10 with David Scammell. <laughs> Who's um, watching the watch dogs? No yeah. one now. No, next year, delayed. next year. So yeah, a bit of a blow, I think. I think that was one of the main next-gen games that everyone who's picking up a next-gen console is looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I think everyone in this office who's getting a next-gen console was definitely getting that as well. Intrigued, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, now, I think I brought it up on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that I was a bit worried about Watch Dogs. You did. Right? We had the Ubisoft 10 minutes. That's right. That's yeah. right. You did say you were worried about Watch Dogs. Yeah. So, I am... Kind of, I'm in two minds. I'm glad that they've delayed it. And I'm also... I also think it takes uh, a lot of the strength of next-gen away from the launch. Also, it's weird for Ubisoft to do this because they don't typically delay their games for quality reasons. Like Assassin's Creed 3 we saw last year. That's true, yeah. <laughs> launched completely boned. And the original Assassin's Creed was not great. The thing is, I think I think the industry has changed quite a bit since the few years since the original Assassin's Creed launched. And I think back then, if you had a strong enough idea, you could get away with releasing a game that perhaps wasn't quite at the quality bar it should have been, but showed potential. I think with something like Watch Dogs now, there are so many major IPs that are performing so strongly. If you want that franchise to do well, and to do well for a long period of time, which I think is their plans for Watch Dogs, mm. the first one needs to be very strong. Yeah. Otherwise, people are just going to overlook it the next time it comes know. around. I think it's... Thing. I think the situation here is a bit different. I think that they have underestimated... And I don't blame them, because they didn't know. But I think that they aim to go for this with launch window because they thought they'd probably be far enough away enough from GTA. But it's because at that point, nobody knew anything about GTA Online. Possibly, the And thing I is wonder now, if maybe but... with GTA Online, they've kind of looked at it and they've gone, I think it's too close. I think, I think they've realised that because people are going to be still playing GTA uh, for quite a while, that by the time it comes out, people are still going to be kind of dipping into GTA. Most people, obviously. I know a lot of people listening to this sort of podcast will have already caned it and done mm. it and they'll be getting bored of it now. But I think they might have realised it's just too close to everything else. I think maybe it's possible that they've got to their submission build and they've had whoever they've had come to look at it and tell them what they think of it. And because it is so close to GTA and obviously the bar for the genre has been raised... It feels like amount. an easy decision to make. They've come back and they've gone, uh, well, it's not as good. I also, I wonder if be. maybe it just looks like shite on current-gen consoles. I, I've heard that the people playing it at... Um, I know there was a playable version at Eurogamer, so a lot of people were playing it over that weekend, and I heard technically felt it felt a bit behind. Well, for a long time, um, it people feel like been, it was close to release. A long time, people have been criticising some of the trailers that they've put out quite recently, and that it didn't look mm. like the original reveal stuff. But yeah, the, the, the kind of hype for that game has plummeted since the it's first kind of, yeah. not plummeted that's a bit well, harsh I blame movies off of that but just like, sticking it down our throats yeah. every I mean nothing wrong with that marketing's marketing but it's too much looking a little yeah. bit less impressive the thing is now though is that it, I mean it's not going to come out until at least April next year now mm-hmm. um, it's, it's between April, May and June and I mean when's GTA going to come out on next gen because it clearly is going to come out on next gen and I imagine if March. it does it'll come out around May time I wanted to come March. out in March. Yeah, what did we say? We was March. But if, it comes year, out, right? if it comes out, well, yeah, at the end, the end of the fiscal year. But if it comes out in March, I mean, it's two months before That's Watch Dogs again. Brilliant. So, Absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, I, I really don't know what, why they've delayed it, unless it really is truly completely screwed. I don't know. Um, and the whole thing with Watch Dogs has given me a funny taste for a while. It was going to sell absolute gangbusters, though. Everyone's yeah, going to buy it with a console. It was going to be a Christmas That's why... Hit. I don't. That's why I think a part of me thinks some I mean, it must have had to be quality reasons because yeah. of GTA it because be. it was going to sell low. Everybody I know wants to play Watch Dogs. Everybody, everybody I know, even my, my people that are obsessed with games want to play Watch Dogs. My casual friends want to play Watch Dogs. And there were people on Twitter last night saying, "Oh, I might cancel my yeah, next gen console because of the Watch Dogs." But yeah, hey, yeah the, play, the PlayStation Four like starting lineup. 
I've it's got to say, I looked at both. I looked at both oh, the lineups. No it's nothing. I'm, I'm like, I was, I was uh, looking at. I saw people talking about what games they were going to get with the next gen consoles, and I was like, that's a rubbish choice. Why would you get those games? And then I looked at the full list and thought, oh my god, there's nothing. Like, I think it affects, what you like. I think it affects Sony more than it does Microsoft because for a long time Sony have been pushing for Watch Dogs. Yeah. they've associated themselves with Watch Dogs. They've got the official True. bundle. It's always been at their reveals and things like that. Yeah. So I think it will affect. PS4 more than it will Xbox One. But, I don't know. I mean, there's no we, killer IPs, are there? There's not. Either. I mean, particularly PS4. You know, I don't think Drive Club, Knack and Killzone are anywhere near as strong as, no. they, as they need to be, really. But, I mean, we haven't seen the final versions, obviously. That's the caveat. I, I, I'm struggling but to get excited about those three. I can't want to think. They're not exciting. Year, They're not exciting. I mean, I, you know, I'm up for the, the, the like, like you say, the boring shit. Call of Duty, Battlefield. But I'm up Need for Call of Duty this year. That sort of stuff. No, I'm up for it. You're up for it? Yeah, I haven't played it for a couple of years. I'm back now. No, I want to play I'm it. definitely not up for it this but, year. No, I'm up for Battlefield next this year. Next-gen Battlefield is the, the no, stuff. I want to play Call of Duty. Is, if, you're a bit, if you're a bit strapped for cash, you're not sure whether to get a next-gen machine, there's probably not much of a reason now to really invest on day one, no, really. That's exactly it. And Because uh, all, the, all the good stuff, it seems, is coming to was, what you've already got. So There wasn't a massive thing even when Watch Dogs was around, I don't think. I don't know. I think it was that little bit extra that gave you the extra reason to think Maybe I do want. Well, that's one. the thing. You want you want something cool and new. new. You want something yeah. new to show it off. And I mean, Rise is interesting, but it looks just very. But there's only flavorless. one person in the world that likes Rise. It's you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. It's just it's incredibly weak. I think, and I think it's just it's just it's just it's not that the games are going to be bad. They're going to be some good games, but no, they look awesome as well. But, but I think it's really depressing how little imagination there is in the lineup. Like it is just like everything is a sequel. But Apart from Rise, and Rise just isn't look very good. That's a combination of imagination and fear, isn't it? It's just people don't want to. They don't want to tap yeah. out. You know, they don't want to lose. They don't want to lose margins and stuff. I get Call of Duty will sell. Battlefield will sell. Assassin's Creed will sell. It's interesting you know, that the stuff that's getting the most buzz is the new IPs. When for so long people have been saying you need, uh, you need a sequel. New well, IPs don't sell. You think Titanfall. Watchdogs, uh, Watchdogs, Watch and the Division are the three probably the biggest next gen games people are looking forward to. I yeah. think Titanfall is going to do really well, but I still think actually the reason that Titanfall will do really well is not the reason. I think at the moment, like everybody's talking about Titanfall, I, like all the media are going Titanfall. Oh my god! And I get the impression that most actually kind of fans are like, eh, whatever, don't really care. I get the impression that Titanfall isn't going to be one that becomes massive because of press. I reckon it's going to come out, people are going to play it, and it's going to be like, I think like the same thing's going to happen with Call of Duty 4. Yeah, I reckon that shit. mad word of mouth, and everyone will just go, you've got to play mad this. Mad word of mouth. Well, that's um, the thing. I think there was a lot of reaction on, because uh, I, I spoke to a um, community manager at Respawn about this this very thing. Like, oh, Abby, has yeah, it, been, has yeah. it been tough to convince people? And she kind of said, you know, once people play it, then they, they get it. Well, that, that, that's, and the, that's the press, to be honest, because most people that's what were I'm saying, that's what I mean. about it when they've, yeah. It was and funny, I talked the, to lots of strangers at Eurogamer Expo, and everyone was like, oh no, boring. And I'm like, actually, us, I don't know. Like, we didn't see it at E3, and we came away thinking, well, not that bothered, I missed it, because you kind of get an idea of what you think it is. Which, and that? then I played it at Gamescom, and I was like, wish I played this at E3, this is amazing, it's really good. You wish. If a genie came up to you, would have gone, please. Well, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't take the piss. <laughs> um, but perhaps more interesting than the delay is what it means for Ubisoft Slate beyond those games. Because they've delayed the Watch, Watch Dogs and the crew now. The crew is now scheduled for summer, so between July and September time. But also next year, they were meant to have The Division. And That's got to go back now. Does it? I don't know. Maybe I would it does. Assume. That was meant to be late next year. And there's also rumours. You know what? The division, I really hope that Ubisoft learn from their mistakes with Watch Dogs, right? And now just beaver away at it and take as long as they need to 
and then like maybe maybe would. like three months before release, yeah, re-reveal it, mm-hmm. and literally goes coming out this day, yeah. and then just that's it. I don't want to see because they really honestly I can guarantee you they won't. do I know, that. I know, but it's <laughs> they, I think Ubisoft really need to take a step back and look at the way they handle their PR and marketing. They, what, they feel very much like a company they, trying to justify their positions in terms of like there's lot, they've obviously got just love doing loads of stuff. No, I don't think that's true. I think that they've they've got the same problem. The same reason that when you log on, to, do you remember years ago on Facebook you used to log on and every time you log on to Facebook it was like, hey, we've completely redesigned the Facebook experience for you, and you go, why? Like there was nothing wrong with it. I it felt to me like now. there were people whose job it was to do that who were just constantly changing stuff because otherwise people would say, well, we don't need you. I think that, I don't know, I get the impression that Ubisoft maybe has a lot of marketing and PR people and who are justifying their jobs by doing shitloads of stuff. And actually, it, it's like, I don't think that lots of PR is always the best angle. Oh, no, Rockstar, I don't think at all. But Rockstar I think nail it. Ubisoft, well, they're antithesis to each other, aren't they? I think Ubisoft just think we must keep this in the public's minds mm. constantly. Otherwise. But I don't think that's... And also, like, I don't think what's worked for Watch Dogs. I get the impression that... Oh, it, I think now it, it didn't work for any of their games because no. eventually you just go, oh, another thing? You've got to be yeah. kidding me. Precisely. You, you lose the hype by I mean, giving away Rayman, though. Poor Rayman gets kicked into the corner. It wasn't like a trailer every month for Rayman. And oh. it works. I don't know. I think that they... I hope that they're looking at their mistakes because I think it's a mistake because it means that by the time that something comes out, they've told you everything. And actually, with Assassin's Creed 4, I've tried to mm. avoid that, because it looks like a fun pirate game, and I don't want to know anything about it. They have it. done... They've still done loads. They have done less for Assassin's Creed 4, because a lot of it was Watch Dogs. I was going to say, they've done loads for Assassin's Creed 4. It wasn't as much as Assassin's Creed like, 3. We Assassin's still, Creed 3 was horrendous. We were still in the Assassin's Creed 3 buzz, and they were announcing Assassin's oh, Creed 4. True. It was literally like three months after yeah. it came out. What, They're still what, doing their DLC. What were you about to rumour? You said the rumour is... Oh, uh, and Far Cry 4 as well for next year, potentially. No way, they can't release that many games. Surely not. That'd be well, madness. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, there were... There were I, I don't know how true this is, whether this is the case or not, but I was reading that The Division and Far Cry 4 may come out the end of next year. So, but if well, Watch that's Dogs, a great year for Ubisoft, that's the case. But if Watch Dogs and the crew are now bumped up closer to the, what those releases would have been, I don't know whether they'll now think to push it back. Because obviously Far Cry 3 did very well for them last year, last Christmas. And I think maybe that was because of a bit of a price cut towards Christmas time. Yeah. Um, but it reviewed made, very well as well. Oh, no, it, it did. It absolutely well. did. I, mean, I don't think it was but that good, but, you know. Commercially, I think it... it far exceeded what they expected it to do. Yeah. And I think maybe they now think this can do well at Christmas. This can be our shooter to go alongside Call of yeah, Duty Battlefield and all that. I thought but Far Cry 3 was awesome for about eight hours and then it just completely lost its way. 8 out of 10. Classic 8 out of 10. Mm. I'd probably agree with you there, Dave. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Watch Dogs is a funny one just because I think it's, it's one of those games and I, th- I honestly think that they, that they need to look at the way other games, not just big games, are marketed in the way that these days, a lot of the time, right? How, how well do games do? Like, one of the reasons I think Minecraft did so well was literally people... It just suddenly appeared and everyone went, hey, look at this game called Minecraft. And everyone went, that looks cool. And it's like, well, you can buy it now if you want. It's six quid. I think Having that immediate ability I to agree. play the, it. I think the problem is, though, is that, it's like that Ubisoft do do well. They do do well off there. I mean, it's like everyone... This is, you're going to hate this analogy, but I'm going to do it anyway. Chelsea Football Club changes their football manager all the time. And everyone goes, oh, this is terrible, it's terrible. But they win a lot of trophies. And everyone goes, oh, Ubisoft. And I agree, don't get me wrong, they do release too much stuff. But the games sell millions I, I, of copies. I, I think, so they probably think it works. They probably think this strategy is working. I just think the Watch Dogs stuff's been so weird because we all saw that first trailer and thought, oh my God, that looks incredible. I just hope it isn't a shooter or I hope it's not too limited. Watch and Dog- then every trailer they've shown since then has been a shooter Honestly, that shows though, quite limited Think about this. Think about this, right? That, that whole Ubisoft thing with Watch Dogs, right? Where that week, remember that week when everyone just went, holy fuck, Watch Dogs, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Imagine... Was- in a world in which they've gone, watch dogs, here it is. It's out next week. Imagine how many copies they sold. Imagine. 
Yeah, maybe. Like, so that's many. That's interesting. They'd sell, like, 10 million copies. discussion before, though, with, like, Half-Life 3. Valve can be can, the only yeah. ones that do it, because they own the platform that you can do stuff Honestly, like that yeah. I, I think, as, well, long, as long as retailers know, unlike, who was it, Sega? They Valve, went, though, sands out, and everyone went, what? We haven't got it in stock. For something like Steam, you wouldn't need a retailer. Well, that's true, yeah. Oh, man. I, honestly, I, I think there's something in that, and I think that one of the reasons that indie games at the moment are such an explosion is that there is such a short window mm-hmm. between that initial gut drive of, oh, my God, this game looks amazing and being like able to buy it like the amount of games I've bought that have literally been because I've seen it and I've gone that looks amazing how much is it five pound done I, I, it's impulse where the mm. problem was I would have bought uh, Watch Dogs at the instant if, if I could have done even if I bought early access or something I would have done it whereas now I feel like I know so much about the game and the systems that people have already in previews and stuff started dissecting its limitations because there's been so much access to it that already I'm like well maybe I, I feel like mm. the, the, they're getting shorter from reveal to launch with the exception of Watch Dogs I mean it's going to be two years since that was revealed now <laughs> but you know it's games like Saints Row 4 only a six month campaign and that's a six month before release and, yeah. and you know maybe for Saints Row 3 I imagine that was probably a lot longer yeah so I think they're cutting down on that sort of stuff. I think stuff. it's one of the reasons that Kickstarter is so successful is because you can capitalise on getting people's money at, at that moment when they are still and yeah, and so excited. You don't, they, you, there isn't a rush after that then. You get to control the time. There isn't PR. a rush. And also, you don't need to do a PR campaign for it because you've already sold it. Mm. <laughs> no? Yeah, I guess, obviously, I guess it depends what your status is in the industry. I guess you know, the big companies oh, yeah. could do that, but and at the same time, they have marketing budgets they also want to spend. An extremely yeah. brave move. Like the, if that does start to happen, you've got... Ballsy. Yeah. That, well, if that flops, Jesus Christ! Like, yeah. yeah, I think it's just it's difficult. I think it's the same reason that all these companies have lots of problems. They're very big; they can't maneuver, they can't change, and I think the landscape is changing far faster than companies can. And I still think we're going to see some major. I casualties think that sport. may happen if the sales drop. But Assassin's Creed Three did what, like twelve and a half million? So they just probably think we're laughing here, boys and oh, girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just keep it rolling. Except, but I think Assassin's Creed is a. Uh, is an exception. So I have to see how it's Watch interesting Dogs does. They, they also think that Assassin's Creed 4 will not do as well as Assassin's Creed 3 did. And I know there was a lot of hype for 3, but there seems to be a little bit more interest in 4 simply because it's a Pirates game. Uh, I don't and know. it's I on don't, more consoles. I, I, know, I don't know. I've, I've had the opposite thing. I kind of, really? I've, I've, I've felt that Assassin's Creed 3 was this amazing setting and everyone was really excited about that setting. Everyone talking about Assassin's Creed 4 says, oh, that pirate bit was cool, wasn't it? And like, I don't. I don't see the same. Yeah, no. I, th- I think there'll be less interest in it. I think it's perfect for me though, because actually, it felt like with three, they really hammed it up. It's going to be a big story, epic game, mm. massive. Whereas this one, it goes well. It's just going to be like like kind of a decent Assassin's Creed game with pirates. And actually, I'm more up for that than the big epic story, yeah. <laughs> because I always feel like I, I bet don't it like still sells stuff. ten million plus. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised minimum. at all. I think you're probably right. Anyway, we've got game. a chance for a couple of little turbo questions. Turbo questions. Turbo questions. Okay, okay, okay. What is it? Go. What the fuck is it, right? It's with, about, with this oh, recent sorry, thing of like films. It, uh, uh, it's, films having like single names. Like it's but or, yeah. it's such a weird trend. It's like Turbo. Turbo Super Heist. Stunt Squad. Or is that the game? Maybe that's, that's the, the game. game. Don't, don't want to talk about that. Oh. <laughs> tell, me, tell me about Turbo briefly. It's a snail that drinks some kind of powder. <laughs> And becomes really fast, so enters the Indy 500. I think this is a dream. And there's an amazing line where someone goes, "A snail can't enter the Indy 500." <laughs> and I just want the voiceover man to go, "Well, no, actually, you're right. You can't. It's Absolutely. a snail." Yeah. Myself and Miller, we, we watched the trailer. When was it for Man of Steel? I watched Man of Steel. I and, was uh, absolutely hysterical. Incredible, yeah. incredible. Just, I, I think we were the only t- we were the only two in the cinema. Just, just couldn't control ours. Couldn't control laughing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Turbo questions. Okay, the first question comes from uh, Twitter from Simon Dawes. That's not the same guy from Simon Dawes. From Dawes, mm, might, it might be the, the incredible guy from the, uh, occasionally appears on the live stream. 
Um, and he asks a question that that man probably would say, which is, do you think Watch Dogs was delayed because it's rubbish? <laughs> yes, maybe on some uh, levels, yes. Yeah, yeah. Very, 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 very strong chance. Good turbo question. That was good. Um, if, is there any other comic or story you'd like to get the telltale treatment? Batman. Batman. Uh, Batman joke. Batman's got the answer most size. questions with Batman. Yeah. Won't you? yeah, every question, every question can be answered with Batman. <laughs> oh, the joke we can talk about Batman next week on the podcast. Sonic Origins. the comic, starting, isn't it? Sonic co- I used to read Sonic so the comic. I, I, I would love a dark Sonic game from Telltale. That'd be amazing. Wasn't very good from yeah. uh, If you created a wrestler for WWE 2K14, what would you call it? Also, do you have any fave entrance for the game? <laughs> I have a favorite entrance. Brock Lesnar's. And who would I create in a wrestler? Yeah, you will. Uh, no, I'd create Virgil. No, what would you call the wrestler that you've what created? I call, call him the Man Mountain. Is that just an actual wrestler? No, there's oh, one called the Man Mountain. Well, there's a few. But... I, I imagine there's a lot of wrestlers called the Man Mountain. I call him the Iron Mountain. Oh, that's good. I there like go, it. Yeah. Uh, if each of you were Pokemon gym leaders, what type would your gym be and which Pokemon would you use? Matt. Oh, I think gym leaders are pricks. They're useless. They I, they consistently just use one type of Pokemon, pick, which pick is a variety. The, so some yeah. little crap doesn't walk in with a baseball cap on and just completely it's incredibly unrealistic. I mean, like if you're a fire gym leader and all your Pokemon are fire Pokemon, all it Come takes on. is a fucking Seriously. Squirtle. It's a joke. How do they it's, a whole system position. is a joke. Yeah, I, I would be the leader of the crabs. He <laughs> <laughs> was the leader of the crabs. You could have Sebastian from Little Moment. I'd be super crab man. Dave Scammell, leader of the crabs. Yeah. Well, that's a bloody Photoshop waiting to happen, isn't it? There's a uh, a question from the forum which is kind of making me question a lot of things. Um, <laughs> just because I can't really answer it. Mason Cooper forty two. What's the greatest thing you've achieved in a game? I struggling to think of something I've achieved in a game that I'd refer to as great in a game maybe the game see questioning everything we're in the wrong career Um, the greatest thing achieved in a game I got a thousand gamer points on FIFA World Cup 2006 how did you manage that there you go you see everyone's impressed by that because it's got the complete all the scenarios achievement which is borderline impossible 500 G's that one that's why I did it been trying to get that for years (laughs) it's very hard very very hard I'm proud of that there you go that's an achievement Look at the reaction I got. Yeah, that was Loving good. Loving it. That was good. Probably I saved the world. Whore as well. I saved the world from Hitler in Call of Duty 2. That's my achievement. That's, that's good. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I got all of the... I got 100%ed uh, Rayman Origins, which I was quite pleased with because I've, good. I've never 100%ed another game. The only other game I've come close to 100%ing, uh, I'm quite proud of this actually, is the fact that I got 980 achievements on the original Viva Piñata, which took me a while, but I love doing that. And I refused to get the last achievement because the last achievement was have played the game for 20 hours and I got all the other achievements in about 15. And I thought, no, I'm not going to leave my console on for five hours. Just no, that stupid badge of pride. I, I did everything in oblivion. Everything. That's, that's pretty good. Whenever people ask this Sad. question, though, I always feel, I always, my immediate reaction is, I always think of what my brother did and I'm always jealous because he managed to do something that I couldn't do that was an incredible achievement. He managed to complete everything in Cave Story. Uh, which is a kind of 2D shmup made by one guy. Cave Story is a wonderful game. It has some of the best music in anything ever. But it's really hard, and it has this weird, like, secret... To get the proper ending, you have... At the start of the game, you get given a machine gun, and you have to, like... Ref- There's so many things you have to do, like, you have to refuse. Whenever the game goes, gives you something where it's like, hey, do you want a jetpack? In most games, you go, yes. And then you get the jetpack, and you carry on. And that's what I did. But it's one of these games where you can say no, and instead of going, hey, don't be stupid, of course you have to have the jetpack... Yeah, you actually don't and it means that every time in the game you get offered like something that's going to help you you say no and then there's a much harder ending with an impossible boss and oh. it's fucking him hard but he did it bastard I'll give you one more very quick one right. uh, in Need for Speed Hot Pursuit oh no it's Need for Speed again I'm very sorry there is a race called Vanishing Point it's like a time trial thing 
And this was the first game they introduced auto-logging, which compares all your times. And there was a bit of an industry thing at the time between certain circles where everyone had to try and beat each other on Vanishing Point. And it counted how many times everyone had tried it. And I was the top of the leaderboard and I tried it like three times. And everyone else trying to beat my time, like 100, 120. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, screw you, you. screw Love you. It. Yeah, I wish they did more of that. Bring it back. <laughs> and uh, I think that, let's see, let's have one more, shall we? More. Should Naughty Dog make a The Last of Us sequel? Definitely not. Nah. I don't um, even like the fact they're doing DLC for Every Life now because Naughty Dog have proven that if they make a new IP, they can make it great. It's just do a new IP again. Make me feel about something new than the, I did about Last of Us. You'll never know. You'll never know what it could have been. No, but it doesn't need it. It's a, it's a finished know. story. I, I don't know if I want to know or not. How's the DLC structured it for the Last different of Us? different people. New maps out today, actually, if you're a Last of Us multiplayer fan. Yeah. New maps out today and then the DLC good. stuff is different stories. Yeah, well, I'm sure it will Sam, be good. But Sam and I played the multiplayer. I like the multiplayer, but I just I don't want another Last of Us game. No, What could not. they possibly do? All they could do is ruin it. All they could do is ruin it. That's all they could do because there's nothing that they could actually do that would live up to my expectations. It's a finished story. Mm. I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, I think The Last of Us and I, Bioshock Infinite to an extent seems to have had this problem with trying to do single player DLC Can, without I mean, we, affecting. I don't think we get Bioshock Infinite too because Irrational have a lot of power, but I have an awful feeling no, I mean, that we'll Ash, get Last of Us. Irrational too. have said that they're done with Bioshock now, which mm. means, but they've also said somebody else is going to do it. Pretty much, they've pretty much said like we're not going to do That's any fine. more Bioshock, I'll take on the Bioshock game. By someone else. I'm done with that. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like, I like I like Bioshock Two. Uh, System Shock Two is still better than all the Bioshock games, as I remember. Every time I play System Shock Two, I think, yeah, like at the time I didn't get that because I played Bioshock and I really liked it, and I still mm. like Bioshock a lot. I love the art style, I love the direction with that stuff. It's awesome. The atmosphere is brilliant. But everybody, a lot of people who were gamer friends of mine at the time said, yeah, but it's bollocks. It's just like System Shock Two, but not as good. And I was like, oh, really? Whatever, dude. And then I actually started playing System Shock Two, and I will. I keep getting bullied. People saying, do more System Shock Two. Let's play. I will do that I will carry on at some point but when I start playing System Shock 2 it's just a better game it's like I haven't played it so I can't comment but I do like all the Bioshock games honestly like System is that, Shock is that because you, you've just lost confidence that they'll make a Bioshock game that good or what, surely you want them to keep trying keep um, striving for, towards that I just feel like the time it's an era thing I don't think they will because the thing about Bioshock is it's become such a big franchise now that it has to they, please they don't want people. to change it too much it's like I was talking to somebody about this the other day um, my problem with Bioshock is it's just like you know what like Ken Levine like they're cough like you can't he sort of sits around going I like Ken Levine what's wrong with no, Ken Levine no I do as well but it's like his 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 logic is flawed right he goes he goes well you know Bioshock we've got to fill it with all the shooty stuff because it's a big game it's a big franchise you know it's like he basically just goes, well, we've got to sell millions of copies if you want to make it really expensive. We want to make a really expensive game, which means we have to sell loads of copies. And if we want to sell those copies, we've got to like... And it's like he kind of shrugs off the whole being, well, of course we have to compromise the structure of our game. It's like as if that's okay. And it's like, well, no, why don't you make a slightly cheaper game or something? Like that? I don't know. It just annoys me that he automatically... Politics. Well, And that's the thing. He auto- but it's fine. But he basically just goes, look, it's a reality of the business. I get... And I'm like, I get that. But he sort of just shrugs off any, like, whatever. Well, maybe that's what they'll do next. Maybe their new project's going to be all... I'd love it if the they team, did. The team's too big, though, now, isn't it? To, you never to know. Downscale. I mean, don't you get me wrong. Know. The stuff about System Shock 2 has aged badly, and the inventory system and the key bindings and all that are really ill. But it's just the fact that it was a game that really, really punished you. Like, it's a game in which, like, you get a pistol and you can't use it very well at all and you don't find much ammo. Which means when you're, like, shooting it, you, you, when you start... When you fire, you panic and you fire off, like, a clip and you, like... you kill one enemy with a clip and then immediately like oh god I'm safe but then you only think that for a split second before you go oh god I literally just used half of my ammo yeah. 
because I was so scared. And, you know, having the bravery to do that and having the bravery to create a game where, you know, where you literally, in System Shock 2, I get the impression if you play it badly, you'll get to a point where you literally, you think, I can't do this. Can't I have be. to start the whole game again yeah. because I've fucked it up. And that is a lot more niche than obviously. Bioshock. That is niche. But I understand why they went in the other direction. I get that as well. But also I think that it gives you a gameplay experience which, which just you don't get. Like, well, that's true too. You don't get any intensity when you're fighting because you're never worried about anything. Mm. Especially in Bioshock when they made the whole you come back to life, you know. I mean, it just, it kind of feels that if you're not worried about ammo, you're not worried about dying, it's very easy. And this is the way I found myself playing in Bioshock Infinite to just be like, just point the gun at the things, shoot the things. Yeah. I think games are, I did like there it. are, it's hard to feel engaged That's with, becoming you know? more popular in different games now. A lot of like roguelikes are capitalizing yeah, on that sure. kind of feeling. But yeah, the, Bioshock has drifted away from it, of course. Yeah, I get that. Um, so I just don't so. think it will ever go back to being that again. Yeah, will, that's fine. We will get Last of Us too. Oh yeah, I really. If I had to put my money on it, I'd say we will get one. I don't want one, but I bet we do. The problem with Last of Us Two, right, is all the enemy Damn designs successful. were perfect. The Last of Us was so perfect in terms of like making sure you never got bored of those things. Game. If they made Last of Us Two, they'd end up doing a Gears of War thing of being like, oh, here's a new type of, is a, a new type of armor. Nothing wrong with uh, Gears of War Two, uh, man. It's a fantastic, just, wonderful they have to experience. Keep inventing new types of locust, you know, and it's like, God, oh, yeah. look, here's a fat locust with a different oh, gun. They've got and, some like, what? Yeah, oh, what, what was the Gears of War? Man, I love Gears. Gears of War, War got away with it because it was the idea that they were this underground race. You, Gears of like, War, oh, we've just mad. never seen these before. Yeah. Gears of War, was brilliant. all these, <laughs> yeah, all these ones. Oh, we haven't seen these ones before, but now they're everywhere. Yeah, apart from Judgment, which was disappointing those three I love Gears of War you I know, just I, like the every, big necks I'd love everything about those first love them love them do you I love the it. men yeah why not anyway we don't. <laughs> <talk about> it. <laughs> it's fine uh, you can admit that that's all fine anyway that's it for the podcast uh, thank you very much for listening and yeah you should check out our podcast competition for member of the month we're yes. doing a Pokemon based thing where you have to turn draw a Pokemon in MS mm-hmm. Paint it's bollocks so I made a gift this morning including Boris, Boris Johnson so that, I mean you've got to see that apparently. yeah it's oh, I, I just struggle not to pick that one immediately. Well, you it's know, got Boris uh, Johnson in it. People should. Did we ever announce the, the competition winner for yep. the Kickstarter? Yes, we did. Dave. Oh, we did. Yeah. Was I wasn't here. I was not were. involved in this. It was the, it was the day <laughs> board. You game. weren't. You're just going to have it in the background. <laughs> what one, do we remember what one this was? Yes, it's a 16 page document. 16 page. Oh, right. Well done to you. And then, yeah, we like the people <laughs> want to buy you about thousands of cheese strings as well. Yeah. I would accept that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Good. No, I did this last week. <laughs> we <done> this. <laughs> Indeed, I'm with you on this one, Simon. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, no problems, Simon Miller. Not you, Chris. <laughs> Cheers. And we've had Chris Bratt, <laughs> a cheeky little monkey, and we've had Dave Scammell. It's been a blast, Internet friends. Boom. <laughs> internet friends. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, yeah.